Hi, welcome to the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast, a podcast that is all about, you guessed it, the world of professional wrestling. I am your host, Broderick Sutherland, and joining me are... Hi, this is Jason. Hi, this is Chen. Hi, my name's Chris. How are you all doing, guys? Yeah, all right. I've got a bit of a bad wing. I think I've done a Dean Ambrose and working out too much at the gym. A bad one? I'm good. Bad wing. Oh, oh bad arm. You know. I, I thought it said bad wind. I thought <laughs> I thought we were already debating the podcast of fart jokes. I mean, bad wing like uh, the Dean Ambrose. You know, I'm, 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 I mean, he got an injection in the ass. Um, coming up today on our debut edition of the pod, we'll be doing a raw roundtable discussing what WWE can do to improve their flagship show Monday Night Raw. We will also have a look at who is the best and worst dressed in WWE. And we'll also be introducing our two weekly segments, The Ring of Dishonor and SmackDown vs. Raw. But up first is the news. It's been quite the week for wrestling news stories. A lot of stuff has happened which could shift the landscape of the wrestling business, both here in the UK, but across the globe too. So I'm going to start local. Uh, Triple H announced on Twitter that NXT UK will have their first takeover event in Blackpool in January. The card will feature the likes of Pete Dunne, Mustache Mountain, Tony Storm and more. However, according to a report from WrestleTalk, uh, WWE are set to have a massive impact on indie promotions here in the UK as they are placing new restrictions on their talent for working with certain promotions and talents. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. I'm, I'm unclear still as well. There's been rumours about even the partners that they have, like Progress. Um, someone like a Pete Dunne or a 27 couldn't even appear on their like pay-per-views or their recorded shows. There seems to be conflicting stories around that. But outside of that, I think I look at it as a positive thing in terms of this will help other wrestlers step up and get better like placements and earn more money on those shows. While the guys that have been sort of cut off by WWE to be staying on their own WWE branded shows are also going to earn more money. That's interesting, Chen. I think it's also a positive thing. I mean, I feel sorry for the wrestlers though that are restricted. Like they can't apparently can't even wrestle certain wrestlers from other promotions. Yeah, but business wise, I think it's great. Uh, yeah, I know that they um, probably won't be able to wrestle guys from New Japan, Ring of Honor, yeah. Impact. But I think that was kind of the case already. Um, I, I'm i not so sure it's a good thing. Um, like I think it restricts the ability of certain promotions. Um, I mean, it could also be a good thing for other British talent as well. Like, I think Ref Pro work well with New Japan anyway so they don't really need uh, other WWE guys coming in um, but yeah it's it, it's a very strange very st- I think if, if there's clearer reports out there we'd have a better understanding of what's uh, happening I mean British wrestling is on the rise anyway and I just hope WWE in general just make this a serious thing put a lot of effort to make this grow see I'm cynical in the sense that they've built this NXT UK brand to try and quash world of sport wrestling um, from taking a share of their UK market. To be fair, that'd be a good thing. World of sport was terrible. Yeah. (laughs) We had high hopes and that was terrible. I didn't like the production value. I wouldn't say it was the fault of the wrestlers. Um, Oh yeah. No, it's all. uh, I think that 
that goes back, Ron, I think just to what you're saying, like, mm. it depends on your viewpoint on this. Like, I look at this and think this is good news for wrestlers because they own more money, but it's harder for promotions. Like, some fans are coming out and being angry. It's, there's lots of ways to play it. I'm not sure if they earn that much more money by going to NXT. Uh, I think they're only earning five figures. I mean, that does exclude exclude merch sales, but I don't think they're earning that much money from WWE. They earn more money from doing limited dates, I think. I'm not entirely sure, but I read it wasn't that much money. If you're Are not, they like, doing a lot of dates, schedule-wise, the wrestlers? Mm, that's interesting. Also, that is interesting. I hope these wrestlers that signed to NXT UK are not just restricted to UK. They can get put on the actual NXT show, or maybe one they get called up to Raw SmackDown. Yeah, I think that's the ultimate hope. Um I think they really need a third brand, but I think that's a conversation for another time um, because there's a lot of talent in NXT and NXT UK right now. But yeah, I I, I think we all have the same hopes for the UK guys. Um, staying with WWE, uh, WWE might have some competition from the people that operate the Jacksonville Jaguars and Fulham Football Club as Tony Khan uh, could be launching a new promotion called All Elite Wrestling. Um Potential names included in this venture are Cody Rhodes, The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Jim Ross, Chris Jericho, and even more, uh, especially if they secure a TV deal. Um, I mean, if they do secure that TV deal, this could mean the first serious competition since WCW for uh, WWE. Um, what do you guys think? Um, I'm really surprised with... The fact that Tony Khan, Chris Jericho, and Jim Ross are apparently going to be involved in this project. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, with the success of All In, I expected the elite members to try and do something like this. But to have Chris Jericho, Jim Ross, you know, who are WWE alumni, and then just Tony Khan out of nowhere, like... I, I think... I think does he even like wrestling, or does he, is he, is he just see it as a business opportunity? Apparently he's a... Big wrestling Big fan. Big wrestling fan? Yeah. Ah, that's interesting. No, I, I, it doesn't really surprise me about Chris Jericho and Jim Ross. I mean, they've had a working relationship with New Japan uh, for the past year. And uh, I think Jericho and Vince McMahon's relationship um, is not very good at the moment, to say the least. Jason? If you think on top of that, Jericho did the cruise and he had the Ring of Honor talent on there. That was like a Ring of Honor and Impact guys on it. He's definitely doing some but, adventures. But... He originally went to Triple H to ask for the NXT wrestlers first, and Triple H said no. Yeah, so then he's gone out and just done his yeah. own thing, so I don't think he's too worried about that. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm interested. I like that it's been done very smooth and calm at the moment. Over the years, there's been various names that have come out saying they're going to run promotions, they're going to turn things around, TNA is going to be reborn, and so on. Lord. Whereas <laughs> this is um, a TNA. guy that's got a shed load of money. It's not some dodgy guy where you can't work out the finances. It's a very rich man. But is he willing to spend money? And is he willing to give the control to the wrestlers? Well, that's, like, that's, the, that's the point, right? We don't know. It's the case of... Because I don't want it to be a Dixie Carter situation. You reckon he could be, like, champion by the end of the year? <laughs> <laughs> Tony Khan, the new Vince Russo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's an interesting point. I mean, Sinclair Broadcasting Corporation owns Ring of Honor, and they're three times the worth of WWE. And they haven't really... They're putting more money into Ring of Honor now, but they aren't pumping massive funds ring of honor is just cheap tv for them right there's not any a bigger aim it feels like Mm, yeah it is interesting that they they got that madison square garden deal for Mm, wrestlemania weekend um if that is turns out to be an actual success that madison square garden maybe after that more money 
being pumped in. You never know. They're losing some of the big stars, though. Like, I mean, if this all elite wrestling thing does happen, I mean, Cody said he's not signed a Ring of Honor, I think. Uh, I think the Young Bucks, too. I think the only person that has is uh, Adam Page, I think. I think Adam and Marty have got longer deals that need to be... They're not They're not all synced up time-wise to their New Japan and Ring of Honor deals. Yeah. Uh, but- e- either way, I, I look forward to... Uh, I think we all look forward to see what happens with this all elite wrestling thing. Um, lastly, in other noteworthy news... Um, it has been discovered by elements of the wrestling media that Lars Sullivan, uh, the NXT star, has made some controversial remarks prior to him being hired by WWE in an online forum. He has made multiple claims about current WWE talent, including getting off with Ronda Rousey, accusing Lashley of abusing steroids, calling Jeff Hardy a junkie, and referenced that he got off to a Stephanie McMahon video. Uh, he has also made... Um, some questionable remarks too that could be deemed sexist, racial, or sizist. Is he going to be squashed on the main roster call up, or is Vince going to ignore this issue? I think it's an interesting. I think ultimately Vince is going to ignore it. It's eleven. Is it ten years ago? Some of these, most of these comments, even though they look really bad, and I think they're quite offensive. I think Vince is going to go his own daughter. Yeah, but um, if you listen to like Bruce Pritchard and people, Vince has got a weird like view about his daughter. <laughs> I don't well, want to. I mean, I think he watches too much Game of Thrones, but you know. <laughs> how old was Lars when he said these comments? Well, about fifteen. I don't know how old he is now, but it was apparently like ten years ago. So like, he's, he's probably like was he like thirty? He was defi- old or yeah, he's de- he was definitely an adult when he made this. He was definitely an adult. I'm, I'm pretty because I think one of them is claiming that he. Um, had relations with Ronda Rousey. Yeah, because he claimed that when they were 16 and 17. Mm. This, he's, I mean, it's just an example. You should be I careful. mean, mm. I do expect him to be maybe get squashed when he gets called up as a lesson, but, you know, he's a big guy if he can prove himself in the ring. I think the other, angle on, the, the other angle on this is he's a born and raised in, in NXT product. Triple H wants to prove NXT works. This is an example of what he can build out of NXT and put on the main roster and make a big star. So there's that element to it as well. Um, yeah, but let's look at most of the talent we thought were going to f- that were coming from NXT. That but we how many were, were born and bred in NXT? Uh, true, true. Alexa Bliss. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That, that, that's literally the only one that comes to mind. Well, apart from female talent, there's literally no one that and comes to mind. You could say probably Bray Wyatt as well. Mm. He predates NXT, but he went back. I I'm not sure where I stand with this. I I, I think, I mean, they're they're really bad comments. What he said. I mean, I'd probably get rid of him if I was WWE, but I'm not. So um, that wraps up the big news of the week. Uh, up next is our first weekly segment: uh, SmackDown versus Raw. A regular feature on this podcast, we will decide which one of WWE flagship shows were better, SmackDown or Raw. And we are calling this segment SmackDown vs. Raw, because we're super original. Uh, this week, we start to see the build towards WWE's next pay-per-view, Tables, Adders and Chairs, or TLC for short. Um, just to keep it short, guys, what do you guys think of this week's Raw? I really want to be positive, so I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> Wow. So before I throw to Chen, um, we don't want to be one of those podcasts or YouTube channels that wants to shit on the WWE product. We, we really don't. 
I've got to be honest, it's very difficult to be positive about Raw this week. Very difficult to be positive. Chen, do you feel the same way? I love that Baron Corbin was featured a lot. I'm a big fan of him. Wow. Big fan of his mic. It's the first time I've heard someone say that. Um, but I, had, I think that it wasn't as bad as people make it sound to be. I, I don't mind Baron Corbin. I think he's very good in the role that he's in. Um, we'll, we'll start off with the Baron Corbin show, as I put it in our notes. Um, I think it just made no sense that you had the opening segment where it's heels squashing people, and then your main event is heels squashing people, and throughout the show is heels squashing people. It, like, you want, you want everything to be structured slightly differently in a show, and that's what makes a typically good show. And right now, no, it's just all heel heat, and Baron Corbin's are not, not the most interesting superstar to build it around, and yet again, Raw has this idea of putting heel authority figures over. So, as the old man of the group, I'm going to go a little retro and say this is like NWO when it was taken over in WCW. They squashed everyone on the roster, a small group of guys beat everyone up, and Eric Bischoff was the heel authority figure. It was a semi- very similar thing, but it built towards DDP, then Sting, and then Goldberg, and bit were doing these big comebacks. So all I can assume is that they're going to be bringing Braun back really strong to like crush. I mean, that's if he makes it to TLC. I mean, he's legitimately injured right now. Like, currently with this angle, I'm glad that Elias is getting more TV time and actually wrestling more. And hopefully this will lead to him wrestling in pay-per-views and not just on the pre-shows. So, yeah, maybe it's a good build-up for Elias. Uh, I, I like Elias. Don't get me wrong. I think he's very entertaining. I just think he needs to improve in the ring and hopefully... I think get, he's I, great in the ring. I think he's great in the ring. Seth, yeah, Seth Rollins is great in the ring. AJ Styles is great in the ring. Charlotte Flair is great in the ring. Elias does not add up to those Elias people. Elias is serviceable. Like, I think that's a fair comment. But sometimes it's not always down to the wrestling ability. It's about how did, how they actually show the match and everything. I, I think that. he's doing a good job as a face. Don't get me wrong. I think he's very good at in-ring psychology, but he's an okay wrestler at best. And um, even with Bobby Lashley, I like what they're doing with him. Yeah. Pairing him with Leo Rush, making, making him have the heel turn. I like the hill push he's getting. I just... I I looked at the Raw roster last night. And they've put themselves into a hole in terms of faces. There's literally... Because Roman is out, obviously, indefinitely. Uh, Seth Rollins is tied up in a feud with Dean Ambrose. Um, there's literally no one. Well, apart from Elias, who lost again. Finn Balor, yeah. who lost again. After that, I'm struggling to name faces. Um, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable? Nah. Um, just a couple of other points uh, that I want to raise. Uh, Alexa Bliss is now the GM of the female side of the Raw uh, women's division. Um, any thoughts on this in particular? Well, we've heard the rumours that she suffered another concussion, right? Mm-hmm. So... If it's true, first of all, I hope you heal quickly, Alexa. Um, if you're listening. Yeah, if you're listening. <laughs> Debut podcast. Of course she's going to be listening. <laughs> and um, it's just that her character is so amazing. They just need that type of character on TV. And it's it's sad that she can't wrestle, so they might as well just give her the authority figure. I think she's quite boring at the moment. 
I think they should just take her off TV altogether until she's healthy again. Um, so just to quickly wrap up Raw, is there anything positive that you want to take away from the show, Jason? Um, Seth Rollins and Dominic they had a, like, a good match like they always do, but you'd expect that, and it didn't really add much to the storylines. Yeah. Uh, Chen, is there anything positive you want to raise? Yeah, the Baron Corbin show. I'm a fan. <laughs> oh my days. Um, that that is the most that is the most street thing I've ever said. Um, and right here on our debut podcast. Uh, so moving on to SmackDown, then um, it started with the return of the of Becky Lynch. We can call this a Becky Lynch show if it's a Raw's a Baron Corbin show. Uh, fantastic War of Words with Charlotte Flair, and then they created a battle royale, which Asuka won, setting up the TLC triple threat match for the SmackDown Women's Championship between Lynch, Flair, and Asuka. Uh, what did you guys think of the opening segment, and what did you guys think of the battle royale main event? Um, I am a Becky fan. I think we all are. It was what you'd expect. Solid opener. In terms of the battle royal, enjoyable. A little bit clunky at the end. Um, I'm not quite sure how they explain what Sonya Deville was trying to do to Asuka on the outside of the ring when she pretty much leapt into her knee and then off the side of the ring. <laughs> so that was a bit weird to watch. But overall, you could see the crowd wanted Asuka to be the one who won that match and it set up a really good triple threat. Man, what a fucking opening segment. That was such amazing. I watched that segment three times and, and it was both from Becky and Charlotte the mm. war of words that they both said you could feel the emotion and they're just their acting ability was so amazing I think Becky's a natural in the mic and I think this weird delusional I, I think it's a delusional character that Charlotte Flair has now slightly delusional saying she's genetically superior she kind of is um, character is I, I think it's very fascinating. I think it's bringing out her best in terms of mic skills. I really, really like this segment a lot. Um, I think it's just great that TLC has three women that are allowed. It's not a friendship angle anymore. It's just three women who want the title, who want to kick ass. And right now, the SmackDown Women's Championship is the championship on the main roster. I don't even think it's just to kick ass. It's just to be the top person in the yeah. company in uh, general. Agreed, agreed. That's how I see it. As for the Battle Royal. Yeah, it was a bit clunky, but mm. I like seeing Sonya Deville. I talk, I'm a massive fan of her, and hopefully maybe it could lead to something for her. Yeah, quick note. I, I think Sonya and Mandy have got huge potential. Yeah. I think both of them have done Mandy has improved a lot. I th- yeah. Especially in her mic skills. Yeah. I think uh, they've got a way to go, but I think um, you know they keep working hard. They're going to go places. I think the uh, women's division is pretty good on SmackDown. I think it's like pretty that. good on Raw. This is just not used properly, yeah. as well. Like, I'm, I'm, that's another rant at another time. Maybe our next segment segue. Um, speaking of important championships, or maybe not. Um, AJ Styles had a passionate promo. Uh, it's his first episode in two weeks as well, um, saying he wants to recapture the WWE Championship. What do you think of this promo? I mean, like. At the end of the day, he brought up points how, like, what well, I liked what he said was how Daniel Daniel Bryan's watching too much Raw and taking ideas from a certain superstar. I thought Raw. that was good. I thought that was Did great. You see Bryan's comeback on Twitter. Yeah, and then I love Bryan's <laughs> comeback on Twitter, saying how he's wrestled over 288 days or something, and now he's past that stage now. And, you know, to be fair, like, I like what I like about 
this angle, even the Becky and Charlotte angle, they bring realism into it. Yeah, um, I like, I'm looking forward to AJ and Daniel Bryan at TLC. I think they're doing a good setup so far, and I believe it. I believe what they're saying. I think, uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's a decent build. I think they need to pick up the pace slightly, but that's my only little quibble. I think it was a very good promo. Speaking of very good promos, uh, just I think this might be our last point. Uh, Samoa Joe verbally destroyed Jeff Hardy in what was a touching video, touching segment, uh, uh, introduced by Michael Cole, of all people. But um, very good segment. And then Samoa Joe comes out and... Oh man! If the opening segment was brilliant, I thought this even top this. This stole the show for me. Yeah, it's hard to decide which one was the better one. I love Becky Lynch, but yeah. Samoa Joe—that was savage. That was savage. I hope this means Joe is going to win a feud as well. He needs to pick up some wins. He's lost a lot of matches against AJ in terms of the last couple of months. I want to see him just destroy Jeff Hardy. I think the reason Joe has not had the winning streak that he has is because you know he does get injured here and there. Mm. And so he's, you know, whereas an AJ Styles is very, very reliable kind yeah. of being keeping fit. Um, but yeah, Joe's promos are always, always amazing. And this is, goes back to my point. I like that they bring real life issues into their stories. Oh, like, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I really like, wanted to do the old Wendy bit. <laughs> they're trying to make it a shoot, brother. Yeah, that's yeah. what I love about it. The more real it is, the better the better the story becomes. I think uh, they're going to have a match at TLC and it might be Samoa Joe's first pinfall or submission victory since Extreme Rules 2017. Wow. On a big show, wow. Yeah, (laughs) that that is a depressing stat, but I hope uh, Samoa Joe gets that win. Uh, No offense to Jeff Hardy. Um, But yeah. I just hope Samoa Joe makes it to a WrestleMania properly and get a WrestleMania match. Shit, he's never been on one. I think he's been on the pre-show, wasn't he? I uh, don't think he was at WrestleMania okay. 33. I think he was just ignored or kept safe. Anyway, um, one last thing. Which show was better this week, guys? SmackDown or Raw? Talk about a redundant question. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're SmackDown. SmackDown. Producer Chris? Well, it's, it's a tough one, but I think we're going to go for SmackDown this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Chris. It's also a tough one, but uh, definitely SmackDown. Um... So, after this short break from our affiliate, we will be talking about how to fix Monday Night Raw. This podcast is affiliated with the WWL Meetup Group. WWL, or Watch Wrestling London, get wrestling fans together to watch pay-per-view replays on Monday nights and attend live events across London, be it WWE, Progress, Rev Pro, Eve, and many more. It's a great group of friendly people and all are welcome to join this group. You can find out more at watchwrestling.london or just Google Watch Wrestling London and you'll find the meetup page. The next event will be on Monday, December 17th when they will be gathering for a TLC replay at Belushi's in London Bridge. That was a beautiful ad read there, Jason. Anyway, uh, Raw has been on a downward slope since the last Superstar shakeup, and things have gotten tougher for WWE's flagship show recently, as Roman Reigns had to vacate the Universal title due to his sad leukemia diagnosis. Multiple injuries to top stars such as Braun Strowman, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Alexa Bliss, and more and more and more and more and more, and arguably booking their top, top two titles to oblivion. Therefore, we are hosting this Raw roundtable, and I'm going to open it up to you guys and ask, how can Raw be saved from this plight? Jason? I came up with a couple of abstract ideas for this, just sort of thinking about what they're not doing. So 
I'm going to go for the tag team division to begin with. You've got, it's a terrible tag team division, let's be honest, at the moment. What about if you brought up Birch and Lorcan from NXT? Or you put Cedric and Mustafa Ali together from 205? Or you found a reason to use Bray and put him together with Finn? You'd have a bunch of new tag teams you could have on this show. I would be up for the War Raiders being called up. I think Vince McMahon likes uh, big sweaty men and uh, they are two big sweaty men and but you know they, they need they need good tag teams well they do have good tag teams but they need good tag teams that can be built upon and there's nothing else at the moment going for the tag team division it'll be interesting you'll think about big sweaty men he's already got the AOP and the Ascension and that's gone two, two I, keep different forget, ways. I keep forgetting the Ascension <laughs> exists <laughs> Uh, what about you, Chen? What, what what thing would you bring to the table? Well, just a different different matches. We can't keep having the same repeat of matches week in week out, and uh, and then being on the pay per view as well. I think we just need to see people mix it up with different wrestlers. One thing I'm so disappointed in is how they're wasting Sasha and Bailey. Like, what is the stupid friends angle? Like. Are they even going to wrestle properly? Like, that was such an awful segment on Raw that they had. I just <laughs> want the women to be done better on the Raw. Like, why can't they use the same SmackDown writers they have for Raw to do the female? Um, I think, uh, to answer that question, I think a part of it may be the fact that Vince McMahon's not always on SmackDown. So, um, so basically, Raw goes through loads of rewrites because Vince McMahon is there and it changes like up to the minute almost. And SmackDown, Vince McMahon still has up the creative aspect, but I think he, since he's not there, he's not there to you know change his mind in certain creative directions. Okay. Um, I think that is the case, and I think that's why SmackDown is more of a solid show than Raw. Um, but I. I I totally agree with you. I think one thing that really does annoy me is the same match over and over again. Like, we saw Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler in, like, the 17th variation of the same match. Um, I think that's the actual number. 17 matches they've had on television this year in some form or another. I think when we saw Raw at the O2, we saw Finn and Corbin there, and they did a similar screwy finish. Oh, you're talking August or... I'd probably both. <laughs> probably both. Because I think he was in a tag team match because it's Dolph Drew versus Finn. And but it's, it's just I'm surprised I remember that. Know. Yeah, it's, it's just a really badly booked show. You can predict what they're going to do every single week. And I don't have anything wrong with predictability. There's nothing wrong with predictability. But, man, <laughs> there's predictability and there's raw booking. Um, I think... One thing they do need is also to touch on chance points, better riders in general, um, probably female riders as well. Because that's an interesting point, they don't have any female riders, they don't have it on SmackDown. But you, the difference between Raw and SmackDown is everything feels like it has stakes on SmackDown, Raw doesn't. And one thing they could do to enhance the women's division is stop having angles over friendship. And start having different angles like what we're seeing now with the SmackDown triple threat match and TLC. Um, it's just something that really annoys me that this is 2018. There are female wrestling fans. There's probably female wrestling fans that are screenwriters. 
Let's hire some. Um, one other thing from me on Raw. I mean, I talked about the tag team. So you've got Lucha House Party now being a tag team on Raw. Um, they used to have the Cruiserweight division on Raw. And it's been well, a long time, like a year since we saw them really on. And I just think everyone knows that third hour, their ratings drop so much in the US in terms of because it's such a long show and it's late night. Why not find a way to use that talent to put quality wrestling on the, on the show and help get make people care about 205 Live on Raw and then they'll actually care when they're on the pay-per-view. Yeah. yeah, that's a noise I thought you might make. It's a, I'm just saying it'd be good to use those guys. when Consider we, we pointed out how, sh- how many issues they've got with injuries on that roster and you've got a whole division you're not using. Uh, I just no I mean it'd be good to, yeah I think I agree with you in some aspects they've got loads of injuries right now so they need 205 live guys but I'd rather call up guys from NXT I mean I'd rather see Lars Sullivan than another 205 guy mainly because I just know how they're going to get booked which is to irrelevancy I'm more with Jason like first of all I think they should just scrap the whole Cruiserweight concept I like and I would like to see like a match between Seth Rollins versus Cedric Alexander. Like I would like to see these fantasy matches. That'd be awesome as well. Yeah. You know that'd be good. Mustafa Ali is better. They'd both be amazing. I'd like. Yeah. I'd, I'd pay to see both. Yeah, I would love to. I think they're teasing on uh, Twitter like those are the two or five stars. There's two or five guys. Where be like, I'll be on Raw taking up the Intercontinental Championship Open Challenge. That'd be Super. great. That'd be great. Um, so. Why not feature these two or five guys? Why not feature these NXT guys? When John Cena had the US Open Challenge three, four years ago, introduced Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Neville, and it took him up to a next level where people were like, God damn it, these are good wrestlers. Yeah. Fucking Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> the, guy is, the guy has not been relevant since 2011. Speaking of Dolph Ziggler, what's going on with him? He's not... It was weird not seeing him with Yeah, Corbin I, I get you mean it was weird. It was like the three giants together, but Dolph was kept away from yeah. it. I don't know because they had the Seth thing going on with Seth. And it was odd of it like to see Drew and Seth not as a group. I don't yeah. know. They're, just for the current storyline. Yeah. I, to be honest, I don't care about Dolph Ziggler. Um, <laughs> another point that I want to raise is the Universal Championship not being on the show. Is this an issue? For me, it is. Because the Universal Champion is not on Raw. But when it comes to these pay-per-views, it still gets the main event match over the SmackDown Championship. And the SmackDown Championship is always... The SmackDown Champion is always on SmackDown, generally. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I understand why sometimes that they promote Brock Lesnar so much, but I don't think he makes a massive difference to network figures. Um I can understand more now since he might be going back to UFC. They don't know whether that's happening or not, but... Yeah, it's, it's an odd one. It, I did not mind it so much last year. I know a lot of people minded it, but I didn't, where you had like storylines that took the place of Brock's absence. So like the reunion of the Shield or a five-way to determine number one contender or Roman versus Braun. And they were good enough views where I kind of ignored the Universal Championship's existence. But right now it's so empty and they could have really done with putting it on Braun or Drew McIntyre or someone different. I think it's an unfortunate situation because, you know, I think we're all bored of Braun. I, I enjoy, I don't know if I'm with Brock having the belt, but then I got, okay, I'm bored of this now. He's never around. Roman Reigns wins it. Okay. We're going to have a regular champion. Unfortunate situation. Um, but I would be saying like, that's why I said the IC belt, it becomes a lot more important because of it, but they've not elevated the tag belts to help fill that gap. 
If they were doing more of the tag belts at the same time, I wouldn't be so worried about Brock not being around. They just haven't booked any good tag teams on Raw. Like, there's literally no one of any interest to me on the Raw roster in terms of tag I teams. I think Vince just sees the tag team as a filler now. Uh, I... I I think he rates the SmackDown tag division slightly better. He definitely rates the Usos, he definitely rates the New Day, and he definitely rates the Bar. I think that's about it. So we're fixing Raw by bringing tag teams back, so um, my point makes sense. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Bring back the revival. Can uh, I just make one point? Yeah. Um, I think the bra and panties match has been missing from Raw for a long time. That's what they need to bring back. Oh. Are you saying that in an actual women, or do you want like Gerald Briscoe and you know like Pat Patterson and a classic old men in bra and panties? I don't mind. To be honest. <laughs> that sounds quite entertaining. Um, Chris, you're one weird guy. Chris, uh, you don't get to talk for the rest of the show. Yeah, bad Chris, bad Chris. Sorry. We we invite you to speak, and you do this. You you had to bring up the bra and panties. I mean, at least mention Playboy pillow fight. You know, <laughs> mud bath and the mud pit thing. Uh, they used to do. God. Anyway, we're going off topic. Yeah, that would not save Raw. That would probably tune more viewers out. Well done, Chris. You've ruined the segment. Okay, fine. It's just a suggestion. We were no, 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 no. We were saving Raw up until that point. Yeah, Chris. we, we, we had all like all now. these amazing suggestions, and you come in like you know, wanting Gerald Briscoe in feminine underwear. I think that was just Jason's fantasy, to be honest. I think we listen back to this. Chris agreed he wanted that. Listen, we're not judging Jason. We're (laughs) judging you. You're the producer. Shut up. Okay, sorry. Shut up, Saxton. That's that's definitely his surname, by the way. Um, (laughs) Wow, that really went off topic, guys. We saved the show, though, until that point. Um, Yeah, I think we've done enough. I I mean, I believe we fixed Raw. Um, You heard that, WWE? We just saved your show. So... um, Please give me a job. Uh, anyway, uh, up next, uh, we are going for something a tiny bit more serious. Uh, we're going to talk about clothes. In particular, who is the best and worst dressed superstars in WWE? Join us after the break. So, uh, this is a segment to make Brizango proud. Uh, we are going to be talking about who has a right to remain stylish and who is, quite frankly, uh, not stylish. So, gentlemen, we are all clearly uh, close connoisseurs, except for Chris. Uh, why are you wearing a John Cena t-shirt? Fruity pebble. Um, so, whose attire works for you and who doesn't? Jason, I'm going to start with you. Um, the Miz... His attire works, even when he's doing the absurd glasses and jacket when he's doing a promo. But he looks good in a suit. He looks like a star when he's doing any promotion work for them. So I think Miz is an example of what everyone should be aiming for instead of looking cool. Ooh, ooh, Chris, what do you think? Um, it doesn't matter what you think. I just really wanted to do that. <laughs> really wanted to do that. Chen, you, you had a suggestion. I like Nakamura's swag. Oh, yeah. I like Na- I like Na- his ring attire. Na- Nakamura's next level attire. I really like his attire. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Alexa Bliss getup. Uh, in terms of the Halloween stuff that she does, like the Chucky doll, the Freddy Krueger stuff. I'm a, I'm a horror movie fan, so when I saw that she's doing that sort of stuff, I've always kind of marked out for it a bit. Um, 
You, I think you had a women's wrestler that you I, I think, I think, I don't know, like, it's like, it's just the gear, it's interesting, Naomi's gear, I just, I think somebody don't like her entrance, I just like when she comes out of all the glow going on, it's a high tempo, the crowd's into it, it just looks cool on TV. I think that single thing really got her over, um, not saying that she isn't a bad wrestler or anything like that, but attire is everything to do with, like, getting a superstar over, like, for instance, I like Bobby Roode's glorious robe, until... Drake Maverick pissed on it this week on Raw, but <laughs> I'm not sure why I'm laughing at that. It's not funny. Um, but um, when Dr- when Bobby Roode, not Drake Maverick, when Bobby Roode came out in NXT Takeover Brooklyn Two from the heavens down in that glorious robe, I'm just like, that's that's the next coming of Ric Flair right there. And then you realised it was just an entrance and there was nothing to it. Fuck you, Jason. Uh, Chen, is there any like? Yeah, I've got Sasha Banks. Really? I always liked her entrance. I always like her outfits. Oh, yeah. I do find it weird that Sasha Banks and Mickey James share the same Wonder Woman outfit. Not share the same, exact same. <laughs> uh, just, just so it doesn't but get like, interrupted. When it comes to outfits, it's all about how, you know, you can buy an expensive outfit, but it can still look shit on you. Mm. It depends how you rock it, how you wear it and everything. Yeah. I think one of the smartest things uh, that comes to mind just off the top of my head right now is the shield because they're originally going to have like actual riot shields yeah. when they debut. <laughs> just imagine how that would work. And uh, they said it was a stupid idea. So they managed to get that ditched. And, you know, I always love the shield get up. It looks badass. It looks cool. They've got the music. They've got everything. Um, I would also like to say I like Jeff Hardy's outfit with his face paint how Ooh. artistic he is now are, are we including face paint in it yeah that's, that's part of the gear paint. yeah i yeah if we're going to mention jeff Hardy, we've got to mention matt yeah i i just his broken style is uh it's really good uh, are, are there any really like really bad outfits i'm gonna can i flag two i mean for different yep. reasons i mean i'm gonna talk about elias i mean he looks cool in jeans and like his work boots but he's not the best wrestler in the world. And I think it restricts him more that he's having to wrestle in that gear. If he was in normal wrestling gear, I think his movement would be more fluid. I think it holds him back a little bit when he's got a limited skill set and he's trying to pick things up. It kind of plays into his character, so I get why they're doing it, but they need to find some sort of halfway house. Hmm. And the other one I'm going to mention, I might be ruining Keith Lee for people, but Keith Lee needs better ring gear. Um, I'm going to ruin this for you. When you watch Keith Lee now on NXT... Watch his his gear is basically too tight, and you can just see way <laughs> too much. I've, oh, trust me, you're going to watch NXT now, and you're going to be like, "Oh, right, I can see his dick." Wow. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Jason. Uh, I ruined it, Keith Lee, for everyone. Also, um, yeah. I'm big into trainers, and I have to nominate Carmella and Shane McMahon for the tra- amazing, nice trainers they always wear. Every week. Uh, I was about to say, are you going to shit on Carmella and Shane McMahon? Um, Speaking of bad attires, Cassius Ono. I really... That's good for him. It's covering him up, surely. No, no. I I think you should take the more Kevin Owens approach. I I just think it makes him look worse with the the trunks and the the top. I just don't think it works for him. I think he really should take more of a Kevin Owens user shorts approach. That would probably look better, actually. You're right. Yeah, Chris, do you have an opinion? Of course not. Um... <laughs> um, there is one wrestler I want to nominate, but it's not really his ring attire. 
Uh, it's more what he wears when he does the promotion for WWE. Oh, yeah. And that's John Cena. His suits are always awful. Those are the Vince McMahon school of suits. Yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> but, and you know, look, he should take, like, he should get Miz's stylist when it comes to suits because he's just bad at picking suits, I believe. I think. I believe he bought 50 of them in one go at one point, so he's got a lot to get through. Uh, he actually bought 50 suits. I mean, I wish I had that money, but... We had this discussion about the economics of it, and I said, actually, long term over the course of your life, that pays off well. But it's a large upfront investment. (laughs) (laughs) You actually had a discussion about the investment of John Cena's suits. But you think, like, how much he's paid for each one, inflation over time, he's actually going to have some vintage, they're going to stay, come back into fashion. They're terrible suits, I'm not saying they're good, but I can see the numbers behind it. Yeah, Mm, the numbers don't lie. Um... Chris, did you actually have a suggestion? No. And that's why he's our producer, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, up next is our weekly segment, The Ring of Dishonor. But first, uh, another promotion. Hey, you. If you like the podcast, then remember to like the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. And follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoot Pod. Do it. Do it now. Lastly, we are introducing our other weekly segment called The Ring of Dishonor. It's like Room 101, but wrestling in an audio format. And also, we totally did not steal this concept from a well-known wrestling YouTube channel. Each week, one of us will nominate something that they would like to see enter The Ring of Dishonor. The other three people on the podcast will decide if it is worthy, or shall we say unworthy enough, to enter The Ring of Dishonor. Jason, I think you have something to nominate this week. What? I said you wanted to nominate something this week. What? Has uh, Jason lost audio? Chris. What? Chris. What? Oh, ah, uh, ah, uh, Jason. I think I, I think I know where you're going with this, and this is clearly not scripted by Jason. Yeah, I'm gonna submit for our first Ring of Dishonor the What chant. So, in top line on this, Steve Austin did many great things, but I think the What chant is a bit of a stain on his legacy. I find it incredibly disrespectful to talent. It's kind of like doing the what's up shout to people in the pub. You know, 2001 has called and said it wants its crowd chant back. Um, I think what really highlighted this for people would have been, we're at the Roman Reigns announcement on Raw. He was getting the what treatment and then shit got serious when he said he had leukemia and you saw the what start and just fade out. Because people realised that's actually really rude to do at this point and it's rude to do at all times. I mean, in my head, it's a chant for people that just like to be dicks at live shows and can't make everything clever to say, and then you just stop being annoying dickheads. What? It's <laughs> uh, uh, no longer funny because Chris did it. Fuck you, Chris. Anyway, um, I somewhat agree with you in the sense that I do find it really annoying when there's a good promo. However, there's so much crap especially on Raw when you get someone like Jinder Mahal talking for instance that I really don't blame anybody for saying what in between promos uh, like the Nia Jax promo I think everyone kind of wanted to say what couldn't you just boo her uh, Vince McMahon thinks that's getting over when she's got nuclear heat Chen what do you think keep it Ooh, keep you, it why because first of all, it's a part of history, and second of yeah, all, yeah, it's a part of history. Second of seventeen all, seventeen years old. Second of all, 
the re- if the wrestlers are complaining at all, they're not. The fans are not listening to me. They rather say the what chant. Then clearly, they just need to improve on the promo skills and the delivery. And they should they should see that as a test. All right, they're screaming what? What can I say to get for them to listen? Surely that's the scriptwriter's fault, and not the pro- uh, the guy. Yeah, but then the maybe the wrestlers need to improvise what they need to say. I, I because think, you can, I can yeah. understand they're trying to memorize a script and they're repeating word from word. But as soon as the what chants start, they might start stuttering. To be fair, you're right. There is a cadence issue at times. Either way, it's scripted is that there are these gaps. That the wrestlers yeah. learnt the script for it to go in, but I still find it disrespectful. And regarding the Roman Reigns thing, he was always going to get booed week in week out. It's just how the wrestling business is because he was the chosen one. Uh-huh. But as soon as shit got real, people are like, okay, this is real life. Someone's actual life. Mm. We're not dickheads. Let's let's put a hold on the entertainment. I think one of my favourite shutdowns of the Watt chant was from Alexa Bliss. Yeah. I, I think went along the lines of... If, if you think Alexa lo- Bliss is the best, say what? What? Chris, what do you think? Um, are you going to let me speak? Or? Maybe, if you're lucky. Okay, all right. Um, I think it should only be Steve Austin that should be doing that I think now it should die I've had enough of it it's annoying I agree with Jason ooh ooh so shall we put this to a vote Chris you are agreeing with Jason yeah Chan I want it to stay I like the what Chan so the host the broad that's my nickname (laughs) has a deciding vote um I'm going to put it in the ring of dishonour I absolutely hate the watch chant. I agree with you. So uh, there you have it. That is the first entrant to the Ring of Dishonor. You are stupid. <laughs> okay. Don't no, respect no. freedom of speech. What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> that, that awkward pause is waiting for Chan to speak to him and say, what again? And he's uh, refusing to flare like. Yeah, he's refusing. Boo! You're watching Chris! The Boo. last chance to what he's going to get, and he's not taking it. So, yeah, I think we need a sound drop, by the way, producer Chris, for the Ring of Dishonor, like some sort of... Uh, just watch Room 101. I'll steal that. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure that, I'm sure sure that. it will be okay. Austin, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, well, this has gone off the rails. Th- yeah. But well, I'm glad you agreed with me. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad I agree with you too. Next week, we'll be covering the latest news, the history of TLC, and continuing our weekly segment of Ring of Dishonor, and who knows what other riotous things we have in store. But that's all from us here at the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast this week. We hope you've enjoyed the show, and remember to subscribe to us on all good podcast outlets, and some bad ones too. Now, go away! <laughs>